This is the Next Level Running Podcast, brought to you by the expert coaches at Run Doyen, helping runners of all levels crush their goals on race day by matching you with the perfect coach or training plan. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us here again on the Next Level Running Podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Jankowski, here to kick off another long-form edition of this podcast. It is the 26th of the month, which means it's Marathon Day, an opportunity for me to sit down with another one of the Run Doyen coaches and talk through common questions, concerns, or issues that we've seen in the running community, or two questions that come up from the Run Doyen community itself. If you want to be part of that Run Doyen community, we have a Facebook group page up and running now. You can either search Next Level Running on Facebook, or I've got a link in the description. Quite a growing community, a lot of good banter there, an opportunity to share successes, questions, failures, a very supportive group, and too many of our coaches pop in and out of there. And to the added benefit is, of course, we answer those questions here on the Next Level Running Podcast and our Instagram Live. If you want to follow us on Instagram, at Rondoyan, link in the description to that as well. But why are we doing that? Why are we giving you that type of information? Uh, and I think the biggest thing for us as, as coaches and athletes is these are a lot of the questions that we wish we could have had answered for us early in our careers. The, the types of things that they're oftentimes simple or you just need to hear somebody talk it through to be able to skip those kind of errors in your own training your own racing and help put you on a path to success, or at the very least, help you feel a bit better on race day, more confident and more controlled when you get into the race, or even just avoid silly bonehead moves that could derail an entire training segment or put you on the injury table. And that actually is a good segue into what we'll talk about today, which is injuries. How do you know when you have a full-blown injury versus a niggle, something small that you can maybe run through or something in between. Take a couple days off, test it out, get back. When do you got to call that doctor and say, hey, I need a bone scan or I need to go, we need to really do something more, more invasive. And so today we'll, we'll try to walk through how do you navigate that whole gamut between soreness and full-blown injury and how do you get back after the injury, prevent the injury, all that, that whole gray area of injury stuff. Hopefully, Everyone listening hasn't had too many injuries. I, I know I've had far too many uh, in my career, uh, but that's why it's a great opportunity to share some of those silly moves that can help fix those things. So to do that, I'll be joined by one of the newest Rondoyan coaches. She's been with us for a few months now, Steph Riley. Steph was an Olympian in the steeplechase and too has been an NCAA Division I coach as well as a coach for multiple levels of athletes for well over a decade. Uh, so a great resource for anyone and really an expert when it comes to injury prevention, I think. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. But before I jump into that, I do want to give you a quick reminder. Here at Rondoyan, we try to give you more and more information to help make you a more complete runner and help you train smarter, not harder. But uh, one of the best ways to help us continue to be able to do that through our multiple media programs is to subscribe to this podcast, if you haven't already, of course. If you have and you haven't yet given us a ranking, those rankings are very helpful in feeding the algorithm. What that means is more people are able to see and be promoted this content, so to speak. Uh, so by ranking us whatever you think is fair and dropping a little description in there, even if it's a few words, that's very helpful for us. But the most helpful thing you can do if you like what we're doing is share this around. Share it with friends, running partners, family members, anyone you think may find it interesting. That really helps expand our reach and is a good validating way to know that we're doing things well. Within that, I'll say thank you because I know many of you have already been doing that and it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, we've seen viewership really tick up in the past few months and that's all thanks to all of you uh, sharing this podcast around since since we first started mentioning that. So thank you very much. Now, with that said, let's jump into the meat of today's conversation. Like I said, today I'm joined by Steph Riley, one of the newest coaches here at Run Doyen. Actually been around for a few months now, so not all that new. 
That's right. <laughs> but happy to have you joining us here today to talk a bit about injuries. How do we navigate what's an injury, what's a niggle, uh, and how do we move move forward in that process to make sure that we can continue to run and, and meet our goals, whatever those might be. Uh, so maybe just to get us started, I'll welcome Steph Riley to the Next Level Running podcast. Hi, and thanks for having me. Um, do you want me to give a little intro about myself? Or? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, who are you? Let's, let's, who let's, am let's I? hear it. Yeah. <laughs> who am I? I don't know. Um, so I'm Steph Riley. Um, a lot of my experience coaching obviously has been in the collegiate coaching. Um, I coach collegiately for 15 years. Currently now I'm coaching at Rondoyne, having a great time so far, and I'm coaching my my kids high school cross country team here in town as well. So that's been fun. Um, and then I ran myself, you know, a lot of my running at the elite level was post collegiately. So mm-hmm. my college experience probably wasn't the type of college experience I was expecting, but, um, I still managed to find my, uh, my running wheels again, post collegiately and was able to, um, to run at the Olympic games and stuff like that. So that was exciting, but now all my efforts go into coaching and I coach all levels, you know, even youth all the way up to, you know, adults in our adult running club. So I like the variety, you know, coaching collegiately was great as well, but now I get all sorts and all variety. So I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, no. And that's, I think the uh, the variety of coaching is is really what what brings in this question about injuries a lot too. Sure. Uh, yeah. Which is people who are newer to running or maybe at a different point in their career, injuries come on differently, and so it becomes a difficult question: is how do I identify what's something I can run through, what's something I just need to pop an ibuprofen or just change a pair of shoes, uh, and what's something I need to go call my doctor for? Sure. So maybe even just to get get things started, what when when you hear the term injury, how does that kind of hit you in your head? Like what what to you is an injury versus some of these other things that we're talking about? Uh, well, for me, an injury um, when in regards to running is definitely something that just shuts you down. You, you know, you can't physically go out running um, without having to stop. You know, you're a mile into your run and you just can't. You're in pain or you're going out there and you're hobbling along. You know, you're overcompensating, you're limping. Um, so for me, that's an injury. You know, a niggle is more like a soreness, I guess. You know, you go out there and you're just stiff. You had a hard workout two days ago and you're starting to feel the benefits of that or not the benefits, the, you know, the toughness from that a couple of days later and everything hurts you know but you can run you know you may be plodding along very slowly or you've had to adjust the mileage a little bit you know maybe instead of your eight mile run today you decide just to go five miles just because you're really sore um you know but the injury for me is is you just physically can't go out and run it's just too sore you're overcompensating your your gait is all wrong and you just need to okay i need to just take a day or two here to see if it resolves or do I need to do something further? You know, so usually, you know, in that case, if it's just regular soreness, just go run, run through it, see how you feel after. Um, and then it, it, each day you're getting a little better. We know there's nothing too major, hopefully. Um, but if you're going out there for a run and it just feels wrong, you know, you're just, you're limping, everything hurts. You just can't finish the run. Um, then I think it's time to kind of come up with a plan. Yeah. And I think that's something that's always been a key indicator for me too, is if it's changing your stride. So like you said, if you're limping or you feel a noticeable change in your gait, that's a good day to maybe, maybe call the run short. Uh, what are some ways that you can tell, because sometimes you think you're limping, but maybe you're not, or you just feel that way. What, what are some things that you, you try to mentally think through, or even if, if you're watching a runner, what do you yeah. try to tell them? Yeah, you know, and, you know, I'm just going through that right now with my own kid running cross country, you know, and he's he's been hurt and then he's coming back, you know, so I'm watching him as he start because he's run when when he got the injury, we didn't know what it was. So we try to manage and run through it, you know, we didn't know if it was soreness, just hard training. Um, but then you notice he's run is all, and he just can't physically run his normal stride pattern. So shut it down. Um but I'd watch him when he started running back again, getting back into running. I'd watch, just watch his gait, you know, just see if there's kind of like, you know, you see a little roll kind of in their step. It's taken them a little longer to loosen out whatever was hurt, you know. So I watch, definitely seeing the athlete run helps a lot, watching them in those first, in that first mile as they warm up into their run. 
you know, and, and then just them walking around, they're feeling it walking around, walking upstairs, walking downstairs, whatever the injury may be, they're still feeling it. Maybe they're not quite there and recovered and, and there's something more going on. But you, you need the athlete to be so open and honest with you. You, need to, you want them to tell you everything. Too much information is, is better, I feel. And a lot of the time, you know, especially with younger ones or new ones, they don't know yet. They don't know their body enough yet. So they're kind of like, I don't know how. So if you're even in that phase where I don't know if it's something I should run through, if you're unsure, I think you err on the side of caution and say, okay, you would know if you could run, you know? So if you're unsure, you're kind of more on that injury side. Mm So um, the athlete themselves is your best resource, you know? And, you know, I try to instill in any athlete I coach is tell me everything. I don't care if it's too much information. I need everything, you know, how you felt from one workout the next day, how you felt after the run, you know, even if it's, you think it's nothing, just tell me, Um, let me, let me make an assessment as well as yourself. And we'll talk, talk it out together. So, you know, so I would rather not just give me more information than I actually need, you know, and it's not like you want them coming to you like every little, oh, I have a pain in my wrist, you know, <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have a pain in my my head, you know, it's just, um, you get to a certain point where it needs to be a running related, you know, it's any kind of running hurts them or you just want them to be open and honest and as soon as possible as well. I think that's the key as well. And in, in trying to make a, a little issue, not turn into a big issue. Exactly. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I think that's one of the best things you can do as an athlete is make sure you're keeping your coach in the loop because sometimes they can yeah. see things before you realize they're coming. And, and like, like you said, even if it's, I just felt off today, uh, it's yeah. not an injury. I just feel tired and weak. And if that happens a couple of days in a row, it might be time to yeah. take a day off to, to, to make sure that injury doesn't happen. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's critical. In fact, that's probably one of the best pieces of advice uh, new, <laughs> new runners can take away is be very open. Even if you yeah. think you're being a wimp, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I'll tell you if you're a body. wimp, you know, so don't yeah. worry about it. You know, <laughs> there you go. but I'd rather you tell me first off, you know, and not wait, you know, not, not you, not wait a day. Like, Oh, I just wanted to see how it felt the next day, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, then it felt a little better. So I went another day and then the third day you come back and I go, okay, I was really sore, you know? Yep. So you went a couple of days trying to navigate yourself and you might have dug a little more of a hole for yourself so I'd rather you come straight off the bat and and then we kind of come up with a plan together you know we may together make a bad decision but I'd rather be in it together than <laughs> one of us going shotgun on their own you know absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. no and that's that's good because it helps you make a better call a more informed call and 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 two I think as athletes so often we want to we get, we get either too excited and too wrapped up and we want to keep pushing into something we shouldn't. And we need somebody there to tell us, Hey, it's time to, time to roll it back a little bit and better one day off today than, than taking a month off down the road because you push through something. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. You know, and, um, athletes can be overly eager, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I, I get it. We've both been there. I'm sure you've been there as well. You don't want to believe you have an injury and it's, it's nothing I can run through it, you know, and sometimes we're our own worst enemy. So, um, that's why it's, it's great having a a good coach that you can have a good relationship where he can be really open with that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. well, and that, that makes me think of another thing too, because I know many of us as, as runners are very motivated and, we have big goals and an injury is just a barrier in the way to that goal. How do you help your athletes deal with the idea that there might be a small injury that's going to take a couple, like, cause sometimes that couple days off really gets in your head. How do you cope with that sort of thing when, when that's coming up or help an athlete coach cope with that sort of thing? Yeah. You know, I think you, you definitely got to stay on the positive side. You know, yeah, this is a little bump in the road, um, but we'll work through it. You know, we'll we'll keep you engaged. We'll keep you fit by cross training. You know, I think cross training is really crucial to a runner when they're out of commission for a while, um, just for their mental health. Yes. <laughs> but it also keeps them cardiovascularly fit as well. So when they do come back to start running again, they can jump right in back where they started, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's important for them you got to put into perspective as well. You know, this is not a lot, you know, it's, it's a little bump in the road, but we'll get through it. We'll learn from it and we'll move on and we'll get stronger from it. You know? So I think you just got to reinforce the positive side of coaching and the positive side of we'll get treatment. We'll take care of this. We'll get you on a cross training regimen and we'll keep you going. So when you are ready to start running again, um, you're going to be in a good place physically and mentally, you know, and 
you know, coming back from an injury is is not easy either because you feel like you've lost so much fitness and you have, you know, you're, you're at a different fitness level than when you were before the injury and you're trying to play catch up, but it is what it is. You know, you're in the, you're in the zone where you are now. And the only thing you can do is get better from there, you know, and, and that's, you know, I try to work in the moment or in the present, even though we have long-term, short-term goals down the road, we have a season ending goal or whatever it may be. Um, I think for someone that is injured or coming back from injury, you definitely got to work in the present and kind of master one section to move on to the next section, you know, so keeping them kind of engaged in what they're doing to stay healthy, to get back to health before they're back to where they want to be. And then you can kind of broaden that goal, I guess, and get them back more into that training regiment where there's, they're setting weeks of training in motion rather than the day by day, you know, week by week. Um, and, and I'd, I'd rather do that as a coach, um, you know, for someone that's injured or coming back from injury, take it day by day as you're getting feedback from your athlete, just so you can get back to a consistent regiment again. Um, and then once you're there, then you can start building in that foundation and the platform of your training again. Yeah. And I, I, I think too, a good thing to, to keep in mind when you're coming back from a, especially a long injury is a lot of times if you've been cross training a lot, whether it's swimming, biking or elliptical or, or something similar, your legs feel super wobbly that first yeah. couple of weeks coming back and you just feel like not right. But what I found, especially in my own running is a lot of times that'll just kind of click. You'll be two, three weeks in thinking, you know what, I'll never be any good again. And then all of a sudden you'll have a day where it's like, it's like the sun came out and you feel awesome. And you're like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden it just starts snowballing forward. So one of the biggest things I try to really push to is the don't get lost in that one bad run or two bad runs. It takes a little time to get back and uh, that's okay. And it, it's still there. You know, you don't lose all that fitness you've put in. You're just not quite as fit as you were when you left off. And so that, I think that's a, it's a hard thing to, to be okay with. And it's easy to say that uh, yeah. in, in the moment uh, yeah, I'd be yelling at myself. Yeah. But. <laughs> I know, but I think once you've gone through it once, you know, and then like, unfortunately, sometimes people get injured multiple times, yeah. you know, so if you've gone through it one time, I, I think the second time it happens, you're a little more prepared, you mm-hmm. know, you have experienced it. You've kind of experienced what it's like coming back from injury. You've experienced what you've done during the injury. So it softens the blow a little bit the next time around. Um, it's still never easy, um, but you learn a lot from it and you, you learn how to come back from an injury at the next. Hopefully you don't have next times and next times, but uh but, you know, if you're running for a long time throughout your life, you know, they're going to pop up once in a while. Um, but and every time they do, you know, you've learned from the previous one. And, you know, I, I try, you know, we keep training logs for our training, but I also try to make sure they log the bad stuff as well, mm-hmm. you know, because you look back on what brought on this injury and you're not really logging the weeks before about, oh, it was really tight this week. And, you know, you had a week of you were just really tight. And then all of a sudden the following week, you something really went wrong. Right. Um, you know, so I think logging the good and the bad stuff, not just the training, but any kind of niggles or treatments you've had or anything that you felt felt a little weird. I think logging that kind of stuff is helpful too. You know, when you can look back on those training logs and and see what you kind of did that kind of brought this on. And it may be nothing, you know, it may not, yeah, you know, provide true. any information to you, but you know, it, it's there anyway to look back on if if you did get an injury, what you did to get back, you know, and it's nice to look at that too. Okay, I did this, 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 and this, and I was back to running this after three weeks, you know, so it can kind of give you a little boost of confidence as well, looking back on the bad stuff too. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I think that's great too. Yeah. Making sure that you include those tough days when things weren't going yeah. right, because they remind you that tough days are normal. Even in your best cycle, you had a handful of tough days, maybe a bunch of them. Uh, yeah. And you always forget that when you look back and you feel like, oh yeah, training was so great because I hit this workout and this workout, but you forget the one that you skipped because your, your leg was sore. Yeah. Uh, I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, usually I you have great. way more bad ones than good ones. You know, <laughs> it's like, you could probably count on one hand how many times you even raced where you just felt like you could run forever. Or right. You could run as, you know, every other race after that is like, a slog you know yep. it's just torture but every once in a while you have this race where you feel invincible and training's like that too you know with the good and the bad days 
it's all money in the bank, I say, and it's it's all progress, it's all solid work, and it's all gonna benefit you down the road. It's you know, it's it's work put in. So but younger athletes, especially, you know, you probably saw it in college athletes as well. They you know, it's the be all and end all that workout day. You know, yep. every other day around that is nothing, you know, but all those regular runs that are boring and not very interesting are just as important as the workouts, you know, mm-hmm. but they seem to live and die by the the workout day. And that might only be twice a week or three times a week, you know. And what about all those other days? You know, they're they're adding to your strength and preventing injury too as well, you know. Uh, well, and that that makes me wonder another good point. So like <clears throat> let's say you have an athlete who's who's coming up with a, a minor injury that's something, you know, maybe we should take a couple of days off. The shin is a little bit sore and it, we're not sure maybe it's a stress fracture coming on, but maybe it's it's really nothing and it, it'll pass in a day or two if you just take some time off that leg. But you've also got a big workout coming up, one that the, the athlete's been looking forward to and seems, at least looking at the schedule, it's it's one of the marquee workouts of your your session, your your cycle. How do you how do you approach that as a coach? Are you skipping this workout or are you passing it to next week? Or how how do you try to navigate that? And then two, how do you you explain that to an athlete? Sure. Um, well, I'd look at the big picture. How has the last, you know, how has the season been going so far? Your training has everything been going pretty smoothly up to this point. Um, and if it has, you know, I'm inclined to skip the workout. I'm inclined to like take care of the shin, take the two or three days to kind of just take a downtime, whether it's adjust your running to easy running or just take a couple of days off, reassess, push the workout off if we need to. But if, if the shin is a little bit more bothersome than we had expected, not worry about the workout, (laughs) you know, let's move on to the next week, you know, as we're getting closer to the end of the season. But um, I think if you've already had such a successful build up to this point, that workout is not going to make any major difference if you do it. um, But it could actually cause you to miss the rest of the season if Mm -hmm. you do do it. Uh, Or I mean, if you, if you don't do it for the first part. So if you don't do it, get right. And then join back in for the remainder of the season you're not going to gain or lose anything, you know, um, but doing something when things aren't quite right, I think can build a bigger hole. So I'm always the one that would err on side of the caution. I think with, especially if an athlete is in peak form, because yeah. when you're in peak form, you know, you're, you're a fine line between the best shape of your life and being broken. Yep. Um, you know, so if, in, if they're at that point where they're in peak fitness, this workout is, is not going to make a difference if, if they skip it. So I would rather take care of the shin, yep. push push it off for a week and see then the following week if they're ready to jump into another workout, but maybe an adjusted one to see how they're doing. Um, and then from there, if things clear up, then we get back to business. You know, I'd, I'd rather nib things early so they don't, like you said, so they don't evolve into a catastrophe, right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Better two or three days off now than a month later. That's That's kind exactly. of my motto. Um, yeah, for sure. And that, you know, you brought up a really good point. That That's something I used to say a lot too when I was running, which when you're super fit, you you really yeah. are dancing that line between yeah. totally broken and biggest yeah. breakthrough of your life. Yeah. Um, and that I feel like that's so there, to me, there are three big places in, a, in training where injuries happen, long-term injuries. Uh, it's when you're super fit and you go over that red line a little too long. And that's why it's so important to stay in, with, in touch with your coach. The other is when you're not re- not fit and not ready to be increasing as quickly as you are and you, you get too excited and you start ramping way too quick. And then the, the third is just bad luck where yeah. <laughs> it's just something that's totally out of left field. Like you said, you could go back through your log and, and you'd never find it even if you wrote down everything that happened every day. Do you, do you, do you sense there any others within that that kind of gamut, no. but that's been my sense is that yeah, those no, I think areas. you, you've, you've definitely hit the nail on the head there. You know, it's th- those yeah, some people just get injured, you know, you do everything right, you know, and, and you feel really badly for those athletes, you know, they're and they're su- because they're injury prone, that they're super proactive in trying to prevent it as well. They do everything right. Um, you build up their their regimen slowly, you know, as you would, and, and they still get hurt, you know, and it's it's horrible. Um, but then you have the other two two that you mentioned and and I think the majority of distance runners fall into that category. Um, they're super fit and it's, they just go over the edge or they, they, because you can get 
fit so fast, you know, when you're at that kind of level of fitness and you're, you're that strong and you're that good of an athlete, you can get into good shape really fast Mm -hmm. and which is great, you know, when you come back from an injury, but it also can be the worst thing for you, (laughs) you know, I don't think I was ever in that category. I think it always took me a while to get back, which was good. And I was older when I was running at my best. So it was just a natural phenomenon with age, I think. Um, But a lot of these younger high schoolers and college athletes, they bounce back so fast, which is awesome. But it's also you worry, you know, because Mm -hmm. they're they're getting fit really fast that you want to almost slow it down, you know, and and sometimes you just do. You just need to slow them down, you know, and just not let them get too excited. But that's hard to do sometimes. Yeah, that's an excellent point, too, is a lot of times when we're coming back from injuries, we've built that base of fitness that we talked about before. You've gotten really fit. But now you've lost some of the the edge on that during the time where you're cross-training. Well, the cardio may still be strong, which will allow you to push way harder than you should be able to yeah. push, which yeah. then can cause those those lower leg injuries because they just haven't been pounding the pavement the way that they are now. What are When we think about that kind of thing, you, you talked a bit about injury prevention and ways to be proactive. What are some of the things that you suggest that are, that are really helpful to make us uh, or help us maybe avoid injuries? We talked about logging all the bad days, but what are some other things that we can do? Yeah, um, like there's a lot of like rehab stuff you can do yourself in your own house. You know, we have all the tools here in my house. We're all runners in this house. So we have like we have the compression pants. We have the hypervolt gun. You know, we foam rollers, um, you know, massage sticks all this stuff, you know, and we use it every day. We even have our own Graston tools. They're the knockoff Graston. They're not the actual <laughs> ones, but they do the exact same thing. Um, we have our own massage table, you know, so my husband works on my kids now and then when they, when they're, when they're sore and hurt, you know, so we're doing everything we possibly can within our own house to prevent anything from going on. And then obviously, you know, any kind of strength work you've, you've been prescribed for a weakness in your in your core or your, your like most runners, I feel like it's always in the trunk area, the yeah. hips, the glutes, the low back, you know, so any kind of strength training that you have been given over the over injuries in the past, you're doing that. You're doing all this stuff in your own house. You know, it's like a full-time job, you know, like you run full-time, it's a full-time job trying to take care of your body. And then if you're fortunate enough to have a good PT good massage therapist where you could see maybe, you know, a couple of times a month or every week or whatever resource you have available to you. But the college students have a, a good, good thing going right now. A lot of these athletic yep. training rooms are oh incredible, are awesome right now, like yes. way different than when I was in college and they have the needling, they have the grass and they have the, you know, they have all these resources now. So, um, and they have that at their disposable every single day, you know, and that's the difference. I think that's why, athletes are running so fast in college now and they have all these resources. So anything that you can do yourself on a daily basis in your, like all the stuff I mentioned, these are Christmas gifts you should be asking for every year, you know, or birthday presents or husband, wife presents, anniversary presents, whatever they are. If you have a runner in your life, um, because they're amazing, you know, and then they really do help. Um, if you can get into a regiment and a consumer, we have this, hyper going going non-stop in my house it's noisy and it's loud drives me crazy but that's what it's there for and it's someone's always using it so we have everything going um and i think it really helps you know for sure yep so let's let's walk through a couple of those because maybe not everybody who's listening is familiar with with everything let's start with the hyper gun just because we're talking about that one So that's just, I, I, you, you're familiar with yeah. it, obviously, but yep. it's just like the hypervolt. It's like just a really deep vibrating thing that you just put on your muscles. You know, it's just, you just hold it. It's, it is a gun. You know, yeah, it's, it is, yeah. You're just holding it like a, a handgun and you just can massage every muscle in your body, you know, especially those bigger muscles, the quads, the hamstrings, the glutes. You wouldn't be able to do it on your shins or anything. You know, it's, it's it would be quite intense on, yeah, that would be. on bony areas, but the calves, the quads, the hamstrings, you know, the lower back, the glutes, all that stuff, it's really good for. And I think it just breaks up kind of any kind of tightness and get some blood flow going similar to the compression pants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's stuff, you know, you can get that, um, hypervolt really deep in on those muscles that you can't really get a, you know, with your hand as much maybe. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so if you feel any particular tightness or knots in those big muscle groups, I think you get that hypervolt right in there and it can kind of loosen it up a bit for you. Yeah, break it up a bit. Yeah. yeah. I've liked that. And maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, but I, I like to throw that thing. At, and I have the Theragun version, but sim, I, I, the same, same thing. Um, but I throw it into the, uh, the IT like socket there oh, up in the hip. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's painful. It's, <laughs> it's very it, painful. It's a rough one, but yeah, it, a yeah. lot of times I can really help flush, uh, a lot of things out. A lot of just, whether it's knots or there's just like, I don't know, whatever's stuck in there. It, it helps open it up and, and let your legs be a little bit more fluid when you get back, uh, for, sure. for the workout the yeah. next day or whatever, yeah. whatever you got going on. Yeah. You talked about compression pants now too. Yep. So pants and socks, I think. Yeah. Uh, what What are we talking about here? And then two, is there anything we should look for? Because I, I think there are oftentimes things that are marketed as compression pants or compression socks, yeah. and really they're just spandex. So, yeah. Yeah. So what are you looking for there? And then what are we What are we trying to achieve? Yeah. Well, when I I don't know if I call them the right thing, the compression pants. I'm thinking the they're like the Normatec pants, you know, like uh, the massage thing. Oh, um, yeah. I see what yeah, you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we have. They're not the Normatec. They're, I think they're air relax or something, but they do the same thing. You know, you put the pants on your legs, it's plugged in and it kind of compresses the muscles all the way from the calves up to the, to the quads, um, just all the entire leg, you know, so that, again, that's a, a, a good tool to have, you know, similar jump in a hot tub or something yep. to kind of loosen stuff out. But, um, the pants you put on after a hard workout, you know, just to kind of flush out any kind of remaining junk that's in there from the workout and, um, kind of just loosen up the legs a bit or after a hard race, you feel kind of really, you know, after you've dug deep in a hard, hard race and you're just, the legs just ache, <laughs> you know, they're restless or tired. Um, I think throwing those come, those, is that what you call them? Compression pants? I'm not sure. Um, whatever <laughs> they are anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think everyone just calls them the Normatec pants because yes. that was the main brand that came out. Um, so that really helps, I think with, um, you know, for the next day more so than in the moment. I think the next day it just helps you get back on your feet again a little less sorely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we we have though we use those a lot. You know, these were all birthday and Christmas presents over the last couple of years, and we've kind of built up a big stash. Um, you know, and we all use it, so it's been really helpful. Yeah. You've got your own uh your own PT clinic in your yeah, your seriously. Yeah. yeah. And it's usually <laughs> when we go to a PT, he'll have the new thing that's out you know the last time we were visiting him he had the hypervolt so of course we bought one right there yeah, <laughs> at the time you know he goes um you know so that's how you know we've gotten introduced to a lot of these things is to our pt and, and they've been really beneficial to us when it's, it's amazing the level of technology coming out that way too that's more and more uh, accessible <clears throat> because like yeah. the, the, the compression pants kind of thing I, that was really that was next level when i was in college and a few colleges had that sort of thing but it wasn't too ubiquitous. And now I think, I mean, those things are getting fairly common, even to like, yeah. I think of um, this a little bit off that topic, but still cross training type activities, the, the alter G's, yeah. the anti-gravity yeah. treadmills. Yeah. Those used to be, you know, one in a million schools would have that kind of thing. And now basically everybody has one or two of those at least. And a lot of gyms even have them. Yeah. Yeah. And the PT offices have them now yeah. as well. And they're using yeah. it as part of their treatment. It's yeah, it's it's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like the resources available now, I, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been so broken in college if we had like even a quarter of the resources resources then as they do now. But yeah, but it's come a long way, which is which is great for our athletes. It, you know, it's to allow them to train at a much higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we we still get injured though. You know, we are training hard, and um, athletes are trying to do a lot. So, but um, at least we have the resources now a bit more. Absolutely. And I was I was thinking of more of a, a low tech version of compression pants. Um, I, I I've always been a huge fan of like the the compression socks that different companies make. Mm-hmm. I won't I won't call anybody out specifically, but there are a variety of companies that make good compression socks that are great for for post hard workout or post race or especially if you're flying to and from a race, uh, just to help keep the fluid out of the the lower limbs and keep keep everything moving around. I found those to be really helpful for recovery, and I even would race. Um, in those compression socks, uh, for most of my longer races, anything over a, a 5k, I'd be, I'd be racing in those. Cause I, I just liked how they, they kind of kept, kept the blood flow going. Sure. Um, yeah. that, that was what I was thinking of. That. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But they're, they're great. You know, I wore the compression socks quite a bit when mm-hmm. I was running and, um, I think 
a lot of my injuries came from the lower leg because I'm a very toey runner. So a lot of, you know, anything I had pop up was usually calf or Achilles related. So I found the compression socks quite helpful, especially especially in colder weather and stuff like that, where you're not getting the the blood flow as much. Mm-hmm. So I use, I use them quite a bit when I was running for sure. Yep. That's, I have a, probably a similar running form and that's, that's yeah. why those were a go-to for me yeah. as well. Yeah. Thinking about some of the, I guess, uh, maybe the, the beginner level, like if I'm, if I'm looking to get my, my first couple uh, home PT clinic type of things to keep me <laughs> off the, the injury table and not having to call the doctor all the time, Foam roller is probably another one of the good ones that you mentioned. Let's walk through that. What what are we doing with a foam roller and what what do we use it for? Yeah, foam rollers are great. And I actually have a a couple of clients right now with Rondoin and and they've been having some knee issues, you know, Mm. so I've been foam roll crazy on your IT band, you know, IT band and um, even your hamstrings. But um, foam roll can, you can everything you know you're sitting down watching tv 10 minutes in the evening you can spend a good 10 minutes foam rolling your entire body you know you know each of the major muscles quads hamstrings calves glutes inner inner thigh you know it's mm-hmm. it's great you know and it, again it's like the hypervolcan it's just kind of breaking down any little lumps that are going on and it's kind of like just like a deep massage almost you know and you can be you can be really tough on yourself or you can be really soft on yourself when it comes to foam rolling you know I'm usually really soft I will put as at least amount of weight on it as possible so I'm just kind of getting the tip of it but if you let your weight onto that thing and roll it out you can really get deep down there and, and break up any kind of adhesions that are on you know at least on surface level mm-hmm. um you know and, and then if you ever do get massages they're able to get in a little deeper um, when you're breaking up all that soft stuff on top, but uh, it helps with blood flow as well. Um, it's it's all good. And like I said, it's so easy just to have one laying around your living room floor mm-hmm. and jump on it anytime you're just lounging around watching TV. There's no excuses, right? Yep. There's no excuses not to, to try and prevent yourself from getting injured um, or at least try and prevent yourself from being sore all the time. And um, you know, so easy tools like that you know and they cost nothing you right. know like i said nice stock and suffer or whatever um they're perfect to have around the house yeah. and it's it's those little things that make running a little bit more enjoyable on those days when you would have been feeling rough and and off and For then sure. allow you to when you're having fun you do you do better too yeah, um, so absolutely you know and yeah you know when you're positive and happy out there running you're hopping off the ground a little more than mm-hmm. when it's when it's effort, you know, when it's a grind, when something is really sore all the time, it's, there's nothing worse. Running is miserable when you're going out there in pain. It's already painful when, <laughs> when the body is physically fine. But um, when you add any kind of ailment on top of that, yep. then it's it's just torture. Yes, beyond. Um, and that's what, like with the foam roller in particular, I'm thinking that's something I always like to do like 15 to 20 minutes before a run, uh, just kind of lightly roll out some of my my key areas that always were problem areas with hamstrings, the hamstring connection in the upper, the lower glute rather, uh, IT bands. And just to kind of hit some of those target areas that I knew would be trouble or could be on, you know, the, the easy day that you don't really think about, but then you get out the door and the first mile and a half is just torture. Yeah. And that's what the, you know, by foam rolling before you go out, you kind of eliminate that first mile of hobble, (laughs) you know, because you've kind of broken up and kind of released any kind of soreness going on there. So when you do go out, you're kind of getting into your run normally rather than spending two miles of the run, trying to feel normal, Mm -hmm. you know, and even those, that early part of the run where you're hobbling around, it can't be good for you long-term, you know? So if you can kind of be warmed up out going out the door, I think you lessen the, the amount of hobbling to get into your run and lessen the threat of getting an injury i guess you know so yeah anything you can do activating all those major muscles is really helpful yeah no i agree uh when you when we think about some of the other things that i I think are probably popping into people's mind that are that are uh, more ubiquitous even so one of those is stretching so first how do you how do you feel about stretching pre-run post-run how do you use stretching uh as a part of just general running cycles yeah. Um, I like to do a lot of active stretching before, you know, especially now when I'm coaching the young high school team, you know, and it's something I would have done myself when I was running as well is, 
rather than just sitting on the ground and doing the passive stretching before the run, you know, sometimes I do that after the run, but before the run, more of an active stretch. So you're kind of moving, you know, it's a little jog between a stretch, you know, you're actively stretching leg swings, you know, some running drills, all that kind of stuff to really kind of warm up um, the muscles to get run, to get going before you actually start running. You know, you spend five, 10 minutes doing that. I think it makes a big difference. A lot of the, the passive stretching, like the stretching ropes are really good. You know, you can just get a skipping rope, but I think the stretching ropes just for the hamstrings, the glutes yeah. have, have been key, at least in my house and, and for the injuries I've been seeing lately, it's, it's been helpful, you know, targeting those areas, you know, rather than grabbing with your hands, you know, you're kind of, maybe damaging your back a little bit, but, you know, they're kind of reaching up but with the stretching rope and, and doing all those major leg muscle stretches has been helpful, you know, post run when your muscles are warm. Um, you know, you come back in from a run and you immediately lay down and, and do some stretching where you're nice and warmed up muscles. Um, I think you get a little bit more of a stretch from it. So, um, so I like to do the active stretching before and then more of the passive stretching after. Um, and then the foam rolling, you can do both ends, you know, as much as possible as well. Right. And it's all about make sure that muscle's got a little bit of, um, you got a little bit of blood flow before you start getting in there and really stretching into things. But I agree with you. I, I find that to be an incredibly helpful way to get through a run and then too, to make sure you're feeling better after the run, you recover yeah. more quickly. And you, another one people may bring up fairly often, and, and I'm sorry for those of you who are listening, who, uh, who are <laughs> like, I'd love to hear more about stretching and what exactly to do. We have a few other podcast episodes on that. So go back through those and run through those, but rather than spend too much, because I think we could spend a ton of time on stretching, but so stretching and drills, I think are one thing. And we could get into then too. I, I think this is more of a contentious issue, especially you coming from Europe. Here in the U.S., we love icing. We ice everything all the time. <laughs> and I know when I was in Europe, people would always laugh at us and be like, well, that, that doesn't do anything. So how do you feel about post-run icing, especially after a, a long run or a hard workout? You know, like I, all of my run has been done over here. So I've been, I've been big on the ice, you okay. know, for sure. But of late, like my husband was yelling, not yelling, but we were having an argument there that icing was not the thing anymore, that you mm-hmm. don't ice with injuries. You know, it's always been rest, ice, compression, elevation mm-hmm. for it, you know, any kind of injury. And, um, you know, so I think there's, you know, even in college, we used to jump in the ice bath right after the hard workout yep. or the long run. And that was a thing, you know, and I still do like to use the ice, you know, it's, if there's any kind of swelling, you know, inflamed muscles, I feel like ice is good for that. You know, and then certain injuries, like my other kid had like a little tendonitis in the top of his foot and we did a lot of stuff, you know, stretching, the ice packs even. And the thing that cured him the best was the ice cup massage just mm. on the top of the foot. And it cleared up like so much easier than just even an ice pack. Um, you know, so I think there's certain injuries that really you know, is, the ice is really helpful for. Um, but I'm a fan of ice. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I am a fan of the heat as well. Uh-huh. Um, I do recall getting a, a minor calf strain. Um, this is when I was coaching and I was running with my team and I pull up with a calf freaking strain or pull or something. I'm just like, oh God. Um, so I went back into our trainer after and he just wrapped me in ice and he said, just ice for 24 hours, no heat, no ibuprofen just ice, you know, so he wanted the swelling to come right down before yeah. I introduced any kind of heat or ibuprofen because that would kind of get the blood flowing. So he wanted to, to just do the ice first, you know, so, so there is a place for it, you know, and the thing is, if you like the ice, you come in from a run and you feel it, it's good. It's not going to do you any harm, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, you know, so it, by doing it, even if it's a, a mental thing, it's good, you know, at PC where I worked before um, I left in February, they had a cryotherapy chamber you know, which is that, you know, the icing where you go in, you're only in there for three minutes or something. And out of all the resources they have and all the rehab resources they have, that was the one resource where there was zero research that actually helps. <laughs> but meanwhile, everybody swore by him yeah. because it was mind over matter. You know, they believed yep. so strongly that this worked, that it almost cured them. Um, yep. You know, and, and they're so popular now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so ice, I, I do ice and for everything, <laughs> you know, it's any kind of muscle soreness, you know, especially with, you know, sprained ankle or some kind of tendonized the feet and stuff like that. Knees, you know, like my two athletes right now that are hurting with their knee, you know, I'm like icing. Is there, if there's any kind of swelling in the knee, 
you know, icing is great. The ice cups are awesome. You know, so I definitely am still a big fan, um, even if it's it's not the in thing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think it it comes and it goes. Um, it does. But I, I I think you're right. The the mind over matter aspect, whether it's placebo or it's real, it yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if if you feel like it's working for you. Uh, so if you find ice baths work for you, I I'm all for them. And I I'm a huge fan of you talk about the ice cups. So that's a good runner hack that maybe not a lot of people are aware of. Sure. Uh, The way we used to do it was we'd take uh, those little Gatorade or Dixie cups and fill them about three fourths of the way full of water. And then you can rip off the top after you freeze them. Exactly. And use them as a direct massage. Those are great. The only issue is be careful. Don't go over about 15 minutes of, jamming that ice onto your leg because you can you can burn the skin pretty quick yeah you go to it gets 20. pretty red <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so be careful there but that that is an awesome hack for anybody who's listening i think especially like you said for for really lower leg and any of the areas where uh when things get inflamed they have a hard time moving around anymore uh there's not a lot of space in that lower leg and so it's good to yeah. to alleviate some of that by throwing some ice on there and decreasing that inflammation yeah great uh, for shin splints and stuff oh, like yeah. that as well yeah, you know that's it's a good spot too. yeah yeah uh, so that makes me wonder too so we've talked a lot about injuries and some ways we can we can kind of help prevent them maybe one thing that would be helpful in kind of solidifying some of these principles and, and kind of how you even go through a mental checklist in your mind is going through one of your past injuries uh thinking of like a, a big one that maybe came on and how you approached it maybe even you made a mistake along the way do you have mm-hmm. any of those injuries that that kind of hit you off the top yeah. of your head. That'd be a good example. Um, I I had two. I think like I wasn't really injury prone. I didn't have mm. a lot of going on. But when I did, it kind of did shut me down for a, a significant amount of time. And I do recall two major ones. And one was Achilles. Um, and that that just came. That was just the territory of the event I did. You know, I'm a yeah. tow runner to begin with, and then I was a steeple chaser. You know, so the jumping on the barriers is what did my Achilles in. Um, and I did every treatment going. You know, from the massage to Graston to acupuncture. And, you know, in the end, I don't even know what helped it recover because I did so much stuff and went to so many different therapists. And I think eventually it was just time, you know, it was taking the rest, managing it, working on all the muscles around the Achilles from the cat, from the hamstrings down to the calves, the planters, everything. Um, But, you know, an Achilles, you just can't run through it. It was just, it was just too painful, you know, so I, there was a time where I was just in the pool for a long time. Um, and that was my go-to cross training. You know, I did the elliptical, you know, I jumped on a spin class. That was the only way I would go on a bike. I hated the bike and I hated the elliptical. <laughs> so my go-to cross training was, was, uh, aqua jogging and I would just bust my ass in the pool, you know, and yep. do workouts every day, you know, just hard intervals. Um, I didn't actually just jog it was usually minute efforts 30 second efforts two minutes as hard as i could with a really short recovery and i would just go for an hour you know 30 minutes of hard but maybe the 10 or 15 minutes swimming before and after and i just did that day in day out for as long as i needed to until and sometimes these type of injuries they just kind of go away you know it's it's odd you know it's not like a bone injury where you have a specific length of time you know six to twelve weeks or whatever some of these other injuries is just, they just go when they go and you don't know why, but you do all the treatments and the rehab and do what you need to do. Take the time by cross training to, to get a heal. And then when it's, when it's gone, usually it's gone and you can get right back to building back up again. So that was a one injury. And then I had another one where I was actually training for a marathon. So I was doing a lot more mileage than I ever had before. And obviously doing longer runs upwards of 20 milers that I had never done before. You know, so I was out just on a regular long run, had no inkling leading up to this, no issues. Training had been going really well and out on a long run, maybe 12 miles into a, I think I was doing 16 or 18 miler. I, my back just went and I physically couldn't take a step. So I had to sit on the side of the road and just, I knew my husband would be coming eventually because he had kind of been driving around with bottles for me. So I just sat, I couldn't even walk. It was, I don't even know what it was, but it just shut me down in the middle of my run. So I sat on the curb and waited for him to pick me up. And for like two days, like I literally couldn't move off my back. I don't know. You know, I thought I'd broken a bone or something, but it wasn't at all. I think it was just a really bad 
piriformis or sciatica that just came on out of nowhere and just kind of crippled me from the lower back down. So that that injury didn't go on for as long as the Achilles. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a week, probably, I just couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, the first two days were incredibly painful with the back pain, but I kind of just rested that, took, you know, anti-inflammatories, ice, the usual stuff. And then once I was able to walk <laughs> yeah. um, without feeling that pain in the back, it was kind of going to a PT and just getting therapy and getting exercises. And, and that cleared up after maybe three or four weeks. But again, it came on out of nowhere. Um, so both of mine were kind of one was a draggy kind of an injury that was I was running through for a long time because I'm trying to race and compete mm-hmm. and eventually just got to the point where I had to do something by shutting it down and the other one just came out of nowhere and and treated it and and got over it after a few weeks but um you know after Bo at the time you feel like it's the end of the world you're never gonna be able to run yep. again this yep. is too painful I'm broken I can't keep doing this both times I bounced back and I was fine got back to running I don't think of you know this is kind of towards the end of my career anyway, so it was fine, but I've never really had an issue since then. And that's been a good 10 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been running the whole time. So, you know, I, I think it happens, you know, we, we put our body through trauma for so long that eventually something gives and it's kind of a cruel way of telling our body just to, you just need a break yep. <laughs> just for a little bit. Um, but those are two major ones that I remember. I don't think I was ever a big, I never really had any major bone stress injuries or anything like that. Mine were usually, you know, like Achilles or a random one like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, that's, I, th- I think that's helpful too. It, it, I think especially the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel aspect of that, because I, I do think we all go through that negative thought sp- cycle where right in the midst of the injury, it's like, well, career's over. I'm never going to run again. <laughs> Boston's never going to happen or whatever, whatever yeah. that goal happens to be. And it's good to know that, you know, everybody goes through that. Everybody has that cycle where they think career's over, time to put them, hang up the shoes. I got to do something else. And if if you can just take care of it, uh, a lot of times it'll get better. One thing I found too is through some of my biggest injuries, and, and I think this goes back to one of your earlier points, which is a lot of times you're dancing the line between being the best you ever and the injuriest, injuredest you ever. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> A lot of my big injuries happened, I think, at that point. And then if you can really hammer through that cross-training and continue to focus, my biggest breakthroughs in fitness have come right after that. Because sure. sometimes, yeah. and, and you, what reminded me of this is you said this, uh, sometimes a body just needs a, a bit of rest. And that's sometimes what an injury is, is your body saying, no, too much, we need to rest. And it's forcing you to rest because yeah. <laughs> you, you pushed it a little bit too hard. Uh, and that's when big breakthroughs come through. So I, I think that's also a good thing to keep in mind when you're in the midst of a big injury is this might be the beginning of the best running cycle I've got in my career. Because that does happen to people. I think of Dathan Ritzenheim. He had a, yeah. a really bad injury in college. And then all of a sudden the next year he was, not that he wasn't good before, but he was great coming out of that. Yep. And yep. Matt, Matt Tegenkamp is another great yeah. example of that sort of thing. Just to, just to name a couple, but I, th- that seems to happen over and over to people. So good thing to keep in mind there. Yeah. And I think when you do get a major injury like that, it exposes a weakness somewhere that Mm -hmm. now you have the opportunity to work on. And and then it helps you kind of take that next step again and hopefully makes you stronger and you thrive off it. So as as annoying and frustrating and hard mentally and physically hard they are to handle, you definitely learn something from them. You know, even though you'd prefer not to, <laughs> yep. but, uh, you yeah, know, it definitely exposes something there that you can work on for future. Yes. You know? There's always something mm-hmm. to learn. And actually yeah. within that, that's, that brings up another good question that people probably have, which is, okay, so I do have an injury and I need to go seek some treatment. You mentioned going to a, to a PT, or even maybe you need to go to a doctor to get this diagnosed because you're not sure, is this bone? Is yep. it muscle? How do you, exactly. how do you try to identify the right kind of PT to go to or the right doc? to go meet up with is there a way that you try to do that yeah you know and you know I think I'm still learning you know you know yourself probably (laughs) trying to find the right person that just and and runners are you know they they possess all similar characteristics you know and we can be a little crazy (laughs) um you know and and very yeah (laughs) you know we're very you know and we're very impatient people because we we just want to get back to doing what we do you know so finding the right person that really understands the 
personality of a runner can be hard too and um, that we need answers fast we don't like to oh like let's just take a little couple of weeks here and a couple of weeks there and do this and then we'll reassess and it goes no I need to an answer of what's going on right now so then I can do the treatment mm-hmm. but it seems to work the other way around you know so trying to to locate that person that medical person for you is hard you know but if it is something or you know I have a PT that we've kind of gone to in situations and he'll either he's pretty good at diagnosing. I think you should get an x-ray or I think you should get an MRI for this to rule out a stress injury so that's usually the protocol we take we usually end up going to our PT first and he'd say yeah you should probably rule out so then we go to our primary care to get the referral for the MRI or whatever um, and then once you know what's going on if it is a stress injury well then you know what you got to do it's right. it's a time you just got to rest you got to take the time and you know after a couple of weeks maybe start cross training but if it's something else going on then you can continue to to work with the PT that kind of you know was able to figure out what was going wrong and get a strength training plan doing getting the treatment going um and PTs offer other than the massage and the active release they have so many other therapies yes. going on right now they've been like we've been exposed to the dry needling this last year and we've been getting that quite a bit and obviously the alter g then is a great resource when you do start running again so it, it's it's a long game when you do get injured especially if you go the medical route treatment route you know you know a lot of time runners they become so in tune with their bodies they they can kind of know what to do themselves yeah. um you know like for my son this last injury because he's gone through a few we knew just to shut him down you know we tried to manage it by running to see if it got better with it just to train and, and it didn't so yeah. it got to the point where okay we just shut you down for four to five weeks clear it up completely then go from there. Well, at the same, well, during that five weeks, get treatment mm-hmm. um, with PT. Um, and then he came back with no pain, you know? So, you know, by the time you get to a doctor and get the scans and all that, you're five weeks anyway. So yeah. the thing is probably healed anyways. So, um, so you got to be your own best judgment and learn from experience and, you know, have a good PT or a good massage therapist, someone that you know in your running community. Mm-hmm that you can be referred to, you know, yep. and if you don't know who to go to talk to other runners, absolutely. I can guarantee you one of them as I have a guy or I have a woman, yep. you know, and they will recommend or refer you to someone in your local area. You know, yep. you're better to go by word of mouth. I think with with runners. A hundred percent. I yeah. I've run into, if you just try to guess or a, a general practitioner, oftentimes um, they don't always have a, the endurance mindset, like you said, runners tend to be very similar and we have very yeah. specific goals and we get very impatient very quickly when we have those yeah. goals because they're, they're coming quick. And, uh, it's good to have somebody who understands that kind of mindset, but also to running related injuries, because a lot of GPs are used to seeing uh, a wide array of people. Sometimes it's yeah. a lot of, a lot of like yeah. younger kids and a lot of older adults and the types of injuries they come up with aren't the same. And the immediacy of, of, of treatment plans isn't yeah. the same. So it is good to get bounce off your running community. If, if another another one, so this is one we have the the Run Doyen uh, Next Level Running Facebook group page. Throw questions in there. Maybe there's somebody in your area who can point you in the direction of a of a PT or doctor who's who's a good person to go to. Uh, but I think that's the key issue is is finding other runners who've yeah. who've got somebody who they've worked with and have done well with in the past. Uh, a, fu- a funny anecdote. I, I had a. Um, I had a GP. I went in just to go look for a, I had a blister pop and I thought I might have an infection. Uh, and so I just oh. wanted to, to get that checked out. And the doctor in my intake, uh, he asked me how many miles a week I was running. And at the time I said, well, it's about 110, 115. <laughs> and, uh, he goes, Oh, he goes, well, then we need to have a talk. And I was like, what, what, are, we, what are you talking about? And he sat me down and he told me that running, running that much was, it reminded him of an alcoholic who'd come in the past week and he said he only had six beers a night. And he said on the outside, he looked fine, but on the inside, his liver was screaming for help. Oh he, my he, Lord. Goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes, you're not that far off that guy. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, so, so but you're an addict, right? <laughs> but, yeah. And so he's like, could you even take a day off if I asked you to? I was like, heck yeah. I was like, I, I'm happy with taking it, you know, like, especially in the midst of some of those you know, training cycles, you want the day off. But, um, I just, I, I tell that an anecdote mainly to, to kind of hammer home. Sometimes it's just what certain doctors are used to seeing and they're not used to an endurance athlete running 10 miles a week blows some people's minds. 
know, and so, I know. <laughs> so for, for us who, who, who get really excited about running, we've got big goals. You're trying to qualify for a marathon or, or, yeah. or U.S. championships or something like that. You need to be able to find the right person. So emphasize Yeah, for that. sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and it can be so frustrating, you know, because like you said, most, you know, even the sports doctors in your own, they're just seeing acute injuries, you know, like soccer players yeah. and, you know, ACL tear, you know, yes. that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, they're not seeing... And they just don't understand elite level running or elite level sports in general. Like they're mm-hmm. dealing with the average, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, you know, it's right. so they're, they're not dealing with like, you know, this is my job. Right. <laughs> I need Absolutely. to, at least at the elite level, I need to be able to use my legs and run. This is my job. You know, so it's very hard to find a doctor and, and a lot of people that even aren't at elite level and they run, it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. when they can't run. It, it, it is, it's a huge impact on their emotional health, you know? So finding that right doctor, even for the runner that just runs every day for their mental health is so important, you know, because even those people um, have a hard time not being able to run um, and get frustrated when a doctor doesn't understand that. So, um, but yeah, you want to talk to your runner buddies because they're going to know somebody to refer you to and and then when you're in you know it's like you want to keep them on your your speed dial or keep them in your contacts because um i think you know it's great and all ha- being able to go see someone when you are hurt but uh you want to be able to maintain yourself as well so this yes. might be someone that you want to see on a regular basis even right. when things are going well um because you want to prevent any major injuries going yep. forward so the same way you know usually when you get back from an injury you forget all the stuff you were doing to get uninjured <laughs> yep. and you stop doing them you know and it was, yeah. don't stop yeah. it's even more important to do them when you are actually healthy yep. you know build it into your routine, build it into your warm up. build it into your running routine, put it on your training log, have your coach put it in there. You know, if you're getting a schedule from your coach every week, make your coach write it on the paper, yep. you know, it's whatever <laughs> it takes, you know, to, um, for Hand you to be accountable. Home. Yeah. Yep. Because we do. And I'm the worst yep. culprit for it myself, you know, because I hate doing it. I agree. I, <laughs> I, mo- I most runners do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'd rather run five extra miles than do five minutes of foam rolling, you yep. know? So it, it's silly, um, but yeah, yep. So many of us are go, 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 go. And yeah. those, the, uh, the rehab and prehab kind of things are oftentimes a little bit less involved. Foam rolling mm-hmm. is kind of just sitting there and, and just getting it done. It's more about patience, I think. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's harder to do, but, uh, yeah. maybe that too. I don't, I don't want to take your whole day. So, um, no, that's okay. <laughs> maybe, so just kind of to, to recap, we've kind of run the whole gamut of injuries, yeah. but maybe I give you a chance to, to wrap up with any, any closing thoughts or things that, you, that maybe we've even missed that are really good takeaways for people who want to avoid injuries or maybe are, you know, if, if there's an injury coming, what do I even do? Um, any, any little things like that, that'd be good takeaways. Yeah. Yeah, Well, the biggest thing, like I just said, is when things are going well, you know, keep up the preventative stuff, you know, it's, it's so important and we forget it when things are going well and we're training and the workouts are bang on, everything is perfect. Um, we forget that stuff. So don't forget that stuff. That's the number one thing. And the second thing is if you are out for a significant amount of time, I think it's important to get on a cross training regimen. As soon as you're given the clear Mm -hmm. to start cross training, if if it is a a stress injury, you might need a couple of weeks of zero um, activity. But I think cross training, you know, because mentally I think it's super for us, but then when we do get back to running, you want to be as physically cardiovascular fit as you possibly can yeah. so when you do get back to your run and you can kind of pick off where you left off in a shorter period of time because when you're starting from scratch to build up cardiovascular fitness it's a lot it's you miserable. know yeah yeah it's it's really hard and it takes a long time so the more cross train you can do the better and you know if you have a coach have your coach write something for you, you know, and if they don't know, have them find someone that can write, you know, because it's sometimes it's easier just for someone to write a a workout for you, whether it's on the bike or in the pool or, and for me, you know, that's what I would do for, for my athletes is, is write out a cross training schedule for them in, in place of running. And then if, if you're part of a team, you know, a college team, a high school team, a club team, and you're injured and you can't actually run, I definitely recommend you staying involved, you know, so if you're, you're coming to the weekly track sessions, pick up a stopwatch and help me time. Or um, if you're a college athlete, come and do your rehab while, while the team are meeting for practice, you know, so don't isolate yourself. Um, I think that can be, you know, because then you're just 
constantly focused on your injury and the the negative side of things. So the more you can surround yourself with people where things are going are positive and, you know, you can be around positive people, the better, um, you know, and, and people want you to get better, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, don't lock people out, you know, let them in, let them help you. Um, but those are the main things I think, you know, injuries, no matter who you are, whether you're, you know, a, a jogger or an elite athlete, it sucks for every, it sucks yeah. for them all. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, because yep. it becomes such a big part of your lifestyle that when it's taken away from you, you, you can get down. So find a hobby as well. You know, if you are out of commission, like, my kid here when he he's he started taking up music <laughs> you know so you start playing guitar and stuff like that you know so things that occupy your mind you know it's you know find other things to do if you're a student athlete in college you maybe can focus more on your schoolwork yeah. um but it's but staying involved with, with your true love and running you know it's it's important and it's time goes by you know <laughs> time heals all wounds so eventually the time will go by and you'll be back to what you're doing best and you'll be happy again and, and doing what you love so um it definitely is patience you know and and talking to people that have gone through it as well will help you yeah yeah the commiseration is huge yes uh, <laughs> mis- misery loves company yep yeah yep. exactly exactly and, and but, if, uh, if you bug most people they've got a good good injury story if you probe them yeah. enough i i guarantee it so yeah <laughs> go find yeah. somebody to talk to <laughs> exactly but no, no, well, Steph, that actually, that's a fantastic close. I, I, I have nothing to add to that because that's, <laughs> I think that's perfect. Um, yeah. But I, I, I appreciate your time joining us. And again, absolutely, I finally get to welcome you uh, officially to the Run Dwayne team. I know you've been around for a while, but uh, yeah. welcome. It's great Thank having you. you. We'll certainly have you back. And then too, if anyone's interested in contacting Steph, maybe about coaching or other things, I've got a link to all your, your details in the description so they can get in touch with you on, on the Run Doyen page. But with that, I'll, I'll let you go. Thank, thank you again for your Perfect. time. Yeah, uh, thank you. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, absolutely. I love reminiscing about injuries, you know? Yeah, everyone, yeah it's everyone's favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a daily thing, isn't it? If it's not you, it's someone you know. So yeah, it's, it's something that's always <laughs> present, I think. Well, thanks again, Steph. I appreciate you joining this month's edition of the Next Level Running Podcast. Hopefully people were able to take away some good tips and tricks to avoid that next injury or having it evolve from a small niggle or soreness into a full-blown injury. Uh, I know there were some great tips that I took away that I'll pass on to my athletes and to within my own running. Uh, That said, that'll wrap us up for this month's edition of the Next Level Running Podcast. I've got links in the description, the Steph's coaching page in case you do want to reach out to her for more information as well as to to our Instagram page and the Facebook group page. I'll be back here on the 13th of this coming month with our Instagram Live running replay here on the Next Level Running Podcast. Of course, you can catch that Instagram event live and as it's going on if you're following us on Instagram, at RunDoyen. If you're following us, that'll allow you to get a push notification on your phone as soon as we go live so that you can jump into those events as they're happening and participate in the conversation. You can actually ask your questions to the coaches as they're discussing various running-related topics. That said, you can also join that Facebook group page. Great place to share some of your running successes or ask questions. Many of our coaches are participating there, as I've said before. And two, before I let you go, one last reminder, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and to drop us a review and rank this podcast, whatever you think is fair on whatever platform it is you're listening to this on, and then to share it around. That's the best way you can support what we're doing here. If you like what we're doing, share this podcast with any friends, running partners, uh, family members, whomever may find it interesting. It's very helpful in spreading our reach, and we're greatly appreciative to you and everyone who's been doing that. With that said, we'll close up today's Next Level Running podcast. We'll see you again on the 13th of this coming month. Now it's time for me to go out and get my own run. As I like to say, carpe corum, go seize the run. Thank you for joining us here on the Next Level Running Podcast, your source for training advice from the expert coaches at Run Doyen. If you're ready to take your training and racing to the next level, head over to rundoyen.com and get matched to your ideal coach 
who will provide you with the highly customized online training you need to start crushing your goals on race day.